Hello and welcome to Revenue Riser. Now, everyone talks about value, but what does it really mean? It's a question I often ask salespeople, and it may surprise you to know that the answer is often quite slow to come. In fact, try it with your team at your next sales huddle and see what you find. Now, the dictionary definition is the importance, worth, or usefulness of something. But just like beauty, values in the eye of the beholder. And what we perceive as important, worthy, or useful changes over time, and perhaps in the recent climate more than ever. I'm your host, Anna Britnell Guest, and I wanted to take a look at how companies are getting close to their customers to better understand their needs and deliver the outcomes they want. Part of getting close means having a joined up approach. So I'm delighted that this is a cross-function conversation and welcome to my guests, Jude Mott and Gary Schwartz. One of the things that impresses me about both my guests is that they are really purpose-driven and care passionately about the value that they themselves deliver. Gary's led purpose-driven enterprise SaaS businesses over the last 20 years and now leads marketing at Transfer VR. This is such an interesting company that's on a mission to transform the pathways that people take to start or transition their careers through skills-based immersive training. Jude's been working in the telecoms and IT sector for the last 20 years with both UK and global teams. She describes herself as being wedded to product management and having worked with Jude and known her over a number of years now, she's really passionate about connecting technology with human adoption and championing a market-led approach to sales and proposition development. And by the time this episode goes out, Jude will have joined Virtual One as Cloud Product Manager. So congratulations on your new role, Jude, and let's dive right in. One of the things that the pandemic has really shown us is how quickly companies adapt, how they adjust their priorities and their needs according to what's required in the business at that point in time. And I think that gives us a, an opportunity to really think about our customer. And Gary, I know you have some, some thoughts on this. So do you want to kick us off and just talk a little bit about knowing and understanding our customer and what, what they need? The pandemic has accelerated a lot of the changes that I think have been ongoing anyway. Part of that is digital transformation as people have been in lockdowns or are traveling less. Certainly, consumer habits are changing. People are doing a lot more online purchases and so on. So companies need to adapt to support that. For our business at Transfer, the impact due to COVID has been the huge amount of unemployment Uh, in the United States and the need for people to retrain, to enter or to re-enter the job market. And for us, that means really understanding our customer needs, which are to get people who are skilled up, who are ready to enter the market, who are going to be people that that will be retained, that'll be productive from the start. For our industry customers, that means reducing the costs of training and having a workforce that's ready to start immediately. For our local government, that means helping their citizens get back to work. And there's a real big impetus to do that quickly. And for the higher education institutions, it's about being able to serve their community, get people skilled up rapidly uh, so that they can re-enter the job market. And the keys for us are really understanding all of the needs for the people that we serve in industry, in higher education, in local government, and the consumers who need the training that we offer so that they can get the skills they need and get back to work and into into well-paying jobs. 
you know, as I said about the digital transformation, you know, Jude, I'd love to get your views of you know, the impact that you're seeing, how COVID is, is, is accelerating that trend. Sure. In the telco and IT industry, we've certainly experienced a mass acceleration in the last six months. So I think even three months ago, we were talking about having seen three years of digital transformation within the space of uh, three months. So the, the situation that we're in has accelerated um, a lot of projects, a lot of decision to move into cloud-based solutions for remote working and flexible or home working, which is something that we certainly expect to continue. Some of the work that we, we struggle to do I guess, to get some business leaders to make decisions or see the value in some of these solutions that we provide has completely turned around. And now we're actually trying to keep a pace with all the requirements that we have to get businesses able to keep working and keep bringing all the people that they want for business continuity uh, online, which has been fantastic, actually, because it's allowed us to move into a period of allowing trials, uh, say for a particular department or function of our business customers, or even what was our individual physical site where everyone's now working remotely and where the organisation maybe wasn't sure whether they should prioritise this type of development and they are now doing so. So actually it's allowed us to demonstrate the value uh, of cloud solutions in terms of business continuity, cost improvements through a centralised approach to services and also uh, all the while maintaining that visibility and control of their services through some of the software solutions we can provide. So it's actually allowed us to get much faster pace in terms of discussions with our customers. That's, that's a really interesting point. And you, know, you mentioned how, how rapidly things are changing and, and how competitive the environment is. And I think in terms of understanding the customers, that really means that we all need to be joined up because from a product development point of view, from the marketing and the messaging to ensuring that the sales organization is equipped to deliver those messages, time really is of the essence. It, it's competitive, there's a need, and everybody has to be really aligned in understanding the customer's needs, what's important to them, because it's not always the technology, it's how the technology solves their problem so that we can be really effective and impactful in delivering that to them. Something I spent a lot of time looking at is, you know, when this first happened, we saw a, a race, obviously, for business continuity in uh, communications and allowing people to keep, keep on working and providing services to their end users. That in turn meant that some of the solutions that were put in place were not necessarily the right ones for the long term. So in some cases, it might have been the consumer version or the freeware. The tools that were put in were the ones that you were used to using with your family or you know in your personal life because they were familiar and quite rightly, in some cases, easy to use, intuitive, easy to download and get going with. However, as we, we find ourselves going back around the loop with making things more fit for purpose for longer term business use, Things like security and ability to make sure the, the ubiquity, I guess, of any device, any network type, any location becomes all the more important. So we've actually seen a second phase of going back around the loop with our customers uh, and the market to make sure that the solutions we're putting in place are fit for purpose for the longer term. As I say, both security-wise, but both feature-wise too, because some of the well-known restrictions with some of the free or consumer products don't lend themselves all that well to full-time business use. So that's been a very interesting part of the journey for us. But 
in turn, that's meant from a product manager's point of view, it's given the opportunity actually to engage with the stakeholders within my own organisation, whether that's the pre-sales, sales community and marketing, so that suddenly everybody wants to understand why these business solutions are so important because they have the built-in security, they have the built-in continuity, disaster recovery, those elements of the service that have been designed specifically for business use. So it's actually been, in some cases, great to be able to have the ear of some of those stakeholders that you, you know, you're as a product manager, you're you're trying to get them to understand. So that sort of blend of being excited and enthusiastic about your your product and your service and, and knowing really where this fits is really important so that you can convey that through the through the chain and through the ecosystem of not just your customers, but the internal stakeholders that you're relying on to actually be able to convey the, the benefits and the value in your own organisation. To your point, Gary, about being more competitive and making sure that the value is extremely compelling and obvious is something we're used to doing, I guess, for the end customer. But making sure now that the people whose ear you have in the different decision makers' environment, both in the your own organisation where you're, you're selling uh, and you've got a situation where you're having to forecast what sales you might get into closure or indeed the pipeline that you're generating. There's, there's a lot more focus on that because of the need to report or analyse or assess your own business success during this interesting time that we're in. That in turn goes right through to making sure everybody's got a holistic message or the same understanding of what the value of your products and services are. So it really does go all the way through the organisation, which, of course, is as it should be. It's a really interesting point. And one of the Gartner studies talks about some of the the future post-COVID recovery trends. One of the things they picked up on is designing designing businesses for resilience versus efficiency. And that's not to say that you can't be both, but I think the suggestion is that in designing for efficiency, you're cutting out a lot of things. When you're designing for resilience, which is where we are today, it's about giving yourselves multiple options right the way through the supply chain. And I think, you know, some of the things that you were talking about there, Jude, really resonated with me in terms of companies will cobble together the quick and dirty to get over a problem immediately, whether that's in in a big way, like we saw with COVID. But day in, day out, companies are cobbling together kind of quick and dirty ways of fixing problems, which are low cost, low key, and kind of do the job. But they don't, they're not business grade, industrial strength, not necessarily resilient. And so when that outcome is highly valuable to the business, when it's really important to them, that's when they're going to go, go back around that loop as you're, as you're seeing and say, okay, we did the quick and dirty. We've proved that point. Gary, do you want to come in at this stage? Yeah, that's a really great point about resilient. Earlier this year, uh, I was in a different role working with a uh, leading e-commerce fraud prevention vendor. And one thing that we found was that in certain industries, uh, especially uh, apparel, fashion and apparel, what we saw was that there was an increase in transaction volume after COVID happened during lockdown and so on. But there were challenges that the uh, the retailers had because a lot of their inventory was in stores. The stores were closed, and they had to really figure out how to make their supply chains work in order in order to fulfill 
the the increased volume of orders, and that was that was a real challenge because they weren't set up to do that. So I think that point about resiliency is is quite a valid one. It's interesting as well. And I think one of the things that we've talked about as a really good example is there are multiple stakeholders within the customer, and whether that be multiple stakeholders within one organization that's our customer, or actually multiple organizations who collectively are our customer is key and they and they often have different and sometimes conflicting priorities and so it's on us as well to understand what those what those priorities are and how we design build and articulate that proposition to meet meet those different stakeholder needs gary i know in in your role in the company that you're with that there are multiple stakeholders here who I'm sure whilst they all have an overriding common goal, I'm sure that their priorities and considerations in that process are are pretty different. So how do you make sure that when you're looking at your proposition and you're looking at that value that you are joining up and thinking about what is going to be valuable and and worthwhile to those multiple different stakeholders with different different needs and expectations. You're right. Our stakeholders do have a common goal, which is to help people acquire the skills that they need or to re-enter the workforce. But their specific goals are slightly different. We work very closely with uh, leaders in business and industry, with local government and economic and workforce development and with the higher education system uh, at the moment, largely with community colleges and high schools. And the the specific requirements that they have or the value that they take away is slightly different for each. And the mechanism that we think about as we build that is we, we look to understand the different personas. We talk about it as our ideal customer profile. But what that really means is understanding who that buyer is, understanding what their needs are, and how we can ensure that we can speak to that so that we can communicate the value that they're going to get from us. And and in our world, the local governments and, and the workforce development, they're really looking to meet the needs of the citizens in their region. There's a tremendous number of people right now who have lost jobs through no fault of their own. Those jobs may or may not be coming back, and these government officials are looking to reskill those people and, and do what's best for their citizens. The higher education institutions are looking to increase enrollment and to be able to fulfill their promise that their students are going to be hired fairly quickly upon completion of their training. And of course, the business and industry are looking for skilled workers who are ready to work and ready to come in and be productive on the job. And of course, the technology that we provide helps them reduce their training costs. So there's important value drivers for each of those. And for us, it's important to be able to understand, to communicate that directly to our buyers, but also to give our sales organizations the tools and equip them appropriately to be able to communicate that so they can be more effective speeding up the, the buying cycle. You know, I really feel the onus is on us to be helping businesses or industry understand what the, the value of these services actually is. So when I think about the, the, the role of product management and telco and IT and what we're trying to help uh, organisations do, you know, we've really got a great opportunity now to lay out the, the vision or what the, the possibilities could be with uh, technology in terms of helping 
organisations innovate, not only to be competitive, but really to be improving that the way we, I guess, live our lives and the way we um, manage to reach and get access to valuable or, or best of breed goods and services. So I, I also work in the enterprise sector, but what we're seeing is great opportunity to allow, you know, we've spoken about the speeding up of adoption of some of these technologies, but actually now speeding up of the understanding of that vision and that roadmap, I think is, is going to be the next thing that, that hits. So while the immediate requirement may be for a, a specific application for conferencing or automation of engagement to contact centres, say using chatbots, etc. We're really being pinned down now to really outline what our uh, roadmap is for technology. So I think it's a brilliant opportunity to help businesses understand how they can not only, as I say, be more competitive, but really add value to their end customers. You know, it's that, it's that roadmap piece. So a, a single app or a single piece of uh, software that an organisation might be buying or using now to get going quickly is meaning that that conversation around the roadmap and the vision will truncate also and we'll see a speeding up of the deployment and the adoption of these technologies that have been technically possible for quite some time but maybe that business need hasn't been justifiable until now. There are so many interesting points coming out of this that we could take off in a number of different uh, different directions. I think one that's really standing out for me is that point around the roadmap and both joining up what the customer needs and joining up internally to be able to address that. When I when I look at how how do businesses do that, I think you know there's some good opportunities to to really tighten up on that. So you know, Gary, you talked about having that ideal customer profile, those personas that you you really understand, and it and it's such a cyclical process. I think of both educating customers in you know, the art of what's possible. And, and where the future might lie and, and helping them to understand what the opportunities are, that what they could be doing differently. And I think, you know, both of you in the work that you do now and you, you've done previously, it's about taking customers on a journey that they've not been on before. It's about helping them to change the way they work, change the way they deliver services. Gary, you and I, in our work that we did at Video, for instance, how those customers of Video in the telehealth and telemedicine market were delivering health services in a completely different different way there is that two-way process of thinking about how do you how do you help and educate customers into what's possible but also what are you doing to really listen to customers and what they're telling you their needs and their problems and their opportunities and their aspirations are in order to be able to to design and build that that in but i'm really interested then maybe to expand out the conversation in how do we how do we make sure that we're really listening to the customers and and it becomes that two-way process and i think you know one of the things that i'm seeing is that there is much more of a spotlight now in many companies on that discovery process making sure that you really ask questions, really understand what the customer's needs are and where they are, and that you continue that understanding right the way through their whole buying journey. It's easy for a salesperson to have the happy ears on, to start talking to a customer, to get the sniff of an opportunity, to stick it in the forecast. I think I'm going to win this by the end of the quarter and make my numbers and happy days. But actually, the way to do that, for many reasons that we can go into, but it's so important to really dig down, really understand exactly what it is the customer needs, who the interested parties are, who the stakeholders are, what some of those conflicting dynamics might 
be and to really join up that whole value, that whole proposition into understanding what the value is to the customer and to be able to then qualify and and manage that whole buying journey and support that potentially first time buying journey that the customer's going through. But But I also question and wonder somehow sometimes, A, is that happening to the extent that it, it could and should do? And I, and I think, you know, the answer clearly to that is, is often no. But even where that is happening really effectively, to what extent is the business understanding that data? Is the business able to really take that information of what they're learning from those individual customers and actually feed that back in some joined up way into the rest of the organization that can then act on some of those themes and, and trends. Jude, Jude, you know, you're you're right there and from a product management perspective. So what's what's your experience on, on that? I said a bit earlier on that we've been doing a lot of trials. So, you know, we've been helping organisations uh, speed up you know, their digital transformation by doing trials. But actually, as a precursor to that, we've been doing a lot of assessments of their uh, estates, their readiness, you know, the technology solutions that they already have in place. That's been extremely um, important, and I believe it's been allowing us to ultimately provide a lot better value for our business customers. You know, as a product manager, we've got to have a completely different type of process in place. And as you've rightly pointed out or alluded to, we have to be able to assess, we have to do our own interpretation of what that assessment's told us. <laughs> So, which isn't necessarily something that you can plug into, you know, a software program yet. Although there's more and more standards coming out in terms of how you actually carry out an assessment for a customer's IT deployment or their 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 comm systems that they already have in place. But certainly, carrying out those assessments has been a very important part for us upfront. And the key thing for me, though, not only does that allow us to flush out and understand exactly what the customer has to be and what their their needs are. It's actually about building that trusted partnership as well. So I think a key way for organisations by now is through being able to identify those partners that can really take them to best of breed solutions, but also really understand what their where their business is at, what stage it's at the speed of our ability to adopt new technology and really actually understand what it will take to roll out what migration processes they might have to go through, how you would project manage a transformational project. So that partnership is really, really important for all sorts of practical reasons, technical reasons, as well as in some cases, it's about demonstrating that you've done the groundwork and gone off into the, the market and understood and identified what are the best applications or third-party technology or software partners that we can bring to you as a business. That's changed radically um, over the years since I've been in the industry. I mean, at the start, way back uh, 20 years ago, it was literally, this is the product, take it or leave it. You know, that's changed absolutely fundamentally, especially in the last eight years. And we've gone right through to really having to demonstrate the the so what, what does this uh, solution actually do for you is right through to the demonstrations that we provide through our pre-sales and our salespeople now all have to be customizing demonstrations or allowing proof of concepts or trials for our customers now and so modifications or, or changes or customizations 
to the ultimate solution that the customer gets is quite a long process to get to, which drives its own challenges internally when you've got your senior management team saying, when are we going to close that? When are we going to start billing our customers? But getting that balance right between, you know, really demonstrating to the customer that the uh, solution that we're designing and putting in place for them is going to deliver that value is massively part of what a product manager is expected to have as, as a part of their suite of, of services now it's long gone are the days where it was just a single product that we took out there it'd be quite interesting to hear from gary how, how he's had to adapt and operate in a different way himself for the more complex client ecosystem that he's operating in it's a really interesting question and you know when i think about it from a sales point of view i often say that nobody cares what your product does they care what it does for them and that's really about selling that value. And my past, you know, as I've been in, in more complicated enterprise sales, you know, very often the first person that we would talk to would be someone who's very interested in the solution, is interested in the value that it provides, but isn't necessarily the decision maker. So it's it's really important for us to help sales to understand you know, what the buyer's process is and who needs to be involved. Uh, that goes back to the definition of the personas because each different person, even in one organization, might have different different focus points in terms of the value, in terms of what they're looking the problems to solve. And coming back to you know where we are at transfer, you know, I, I said before, no one cares what your product does, but they actually do for us because we're creating training simulations that solve specific problems. So we need to work closely with the the business and industry organizations who are actually the ones who are going to hire the people that we're training and that we're skilling up to ensure that that training meets their needs. Uh, and what I've been told by our customers and our partners is that's actually something that really singularly differentiates us is that we're a company that that listens, that asks, what, what do you actually need? How can we help you solve this problem? And uh, for me, that's gratifying. And really kind of what unifies that is the problem, A, is how do we create the right training simulations and the right skill sets to get these people's jobs, but everybody's really unified behind that. We're going to get people back into the workforce. So there, it's kind of two approaches, right? From from the product point of view, it's it's for us, it's really about understanding and working closely with with our customers and so from a selling point of view once we understand that the skills and the trainings do check that box they solve the problem we're really not selling the technology we're selling the outcomes and people really get excited about and really get behind the outcomes and with that drives especially in what are relatively close-knit communities even across in the united states an entire state that drives word of mouth that here's a solution that makes a real impact in the community and that's an area that we see being really successful you're giving me food for thought in terms of the sort of next wave of approach for for product marketing in my space we do have luxury of being able to work from anywhere now that that piece around and um, moving away from the technology and not caring what your product does well actually People do care about what these kind of collaborative solutions are allowing us to do now. So we see, you know, more and more reports around the reluctance of people to go back to that life that they had before and what business as usual was. The the, the products and services that will be successful and will will um, endure 
are going to be these ones that, that really do help us now to live the lives that we want to live. You know, whatever happens in the future, however quickly or not that, that the pandemic is resolved, we've, we've been talking about digital transformation probably for the better part of the last 20 years. And I think what's happening is COVID is accelerating that, but it's not necessarily changing that trajectory. So there was going to be a new normal with respect to digital transformation. We're going to get there faster. And whatever the world looks like in 12 to 18 months time, this is, is, is just taking us more quickly through that journey, I think. Those companies that figure out how to listen to their customers and have the methods internally to be able to react and respond quickly to what they're hearing and to be able to adapt their products and services and and how they take those propositions to market are the ones that are seeing faster than market growth today. But I think that has always been true, that those companies that can adapt quickly to a changing world and to figure out where their value sits and what it it does for the customer in that particular context are the ones that that are the most successful. In in wrapping up, let's just share a few parting comments. So Gary, let's come to you first. Uh, what would be your parting tips or comments and where can people reach you if they would like to uh, to connect with you? I suppose my parting tip is, is to maybe restate something that I said earlier, which is nobody cares what your product does. They care what it does for them and people buy solutions to their problems. And for us, it's really all about understanding. It's about listening to our customers, understanding what their challenges are, and then working to help them understand how our technologies, our solutions solve those problems. And uh, feel free to come see me on LinkedIn. Um, There's probably a million Gary Schwartzes. I've got one of the most common names around, but uh, I was fortunate to be an early adopter of LinkedIn. So I'm on LinkedIn slash I-N slash Gary Schwartz. Great. And Jude, what would be your parting comments and where can people contact you? My parting comment to the sales leaders uh, listening would be, you know, really challenge your product managers to uh, convey to you the USPs or the excitement about their, their products. As Gary said, from his point of view, no one cares what your product does. Well, that really shouldn't be the case now, especially with so much innovation going on. So really, you know, challenge your product managers to sell to you, give you their pitch and make sure they're instilling in you the, you know, the excitement and then the enthusiasm of the what value their, the services that you're selling will take to your customers from their point of view, because they need to be with you in this journey to really convey that through to your customer base. And the way to contact me is via LinkedIn. So I'm there as a Jutmal. Great. Thank you both. A couple of specific things for, for sales leaders to start to work on some of those things in a really practical way is to train and, and make sure that your salespeople are really deeply understanding the customer, understanding their wider business, their wider priorities and needs, as well as just those needs that are going to drive uh, your value and, and your proposition, and to fully understand the processes and the context that that sits in. And then secondly, to make sure that you have a way of really feeding that back in in a meaningful way into the business. If salespeople are getting that information and working with it, then make sure there's a way to capture that, to understand the trends, the themes, and how you can then join that up into that whole supply chain, whether that's back into product management and product development, whether that's into marketing, but to ensure that that information is shared and 
then acted on in a in a meaningful way to create greater connection and greater value with with customers. Thank you once again to my guests, Gary Schwartz and Jude Mott. Next episode, I'll be talking to Paul Zamorini of Bizabo and Bob Horn from Elusive about how we build scale into our sales organisations. So please do join us. And if you haven't already, please do subscribe to Revenue Riser. Many thanks and look forward to seeing you next time. Mm-hmm.